Hey everyone, it's your host, Richie Burke, and welcome back to the Go-Getters Podcast. Some of you may know that along with running GGMM and hosting this show, I also get to host a show for First Federal Bank, our friends and our client over there called the Keeping It Local Podcast. I've got to do that for the last couple of years, which is where today's episode comes from. I thought it was also applicable to the Go-Getters, the Keeping It Local Podcast. A lot of great community-based content, local leaders, initiatives going on in the Milwaukee area that First Federal is is tied into in one way or another. Um, and I've had a good time hosting that show the last couple of years. So again, I wanted to run this one through the Go-Getters this week. Also, um, quick shout out to First Federal. I recently bought a house. If you would have told me at the beginning of the pandemic that I would have a dog and a house, I would not have believed you. But that is where life has taken me and I have no complaints. So anyway, thanks to Brian McManus and Rob and Michelle in the president, Edward Schaefer over there um, for helping me get that done. They were the bank and a quick shout out to Jonathan Newby, who I used as my realtor. Um, did a phenomenal job. I had to had to put up with the guy for several weeks, probably over a month. Um, but other other than that, just did an excellent job. I'm just giving him shit. He's a he's a good guy. Big fan of newbie. He's been on the show before. So thanks to First Federal newbie. I am now a homeowner. Okay, you may not care about that. So diving into today's episode, we've got two powerhouse women on. We've got Devona Wright Cottrell, who is the Chief Legal Officer, General Counsel at GMR, formerly at Baird. She's the current chair of Tempo as well. Great organization. She's a 2021 Women of Influence, 40 Under 40, um, law degree from Madison. So just, yeah, Devona, very accomplished. And we get into the episode. She's She's got a great story as well. And my friend Joanne Anton, who uh, was the president of the Milwaukee Rotary Club. I've been there for a number of years, so... She, I appreciated her during that. That's how I've got to know her. She is the director of giving at Herb Cole Philanthropies. She is in the 40 Under 40 Hall of Fame, also on the boards of the Harbor District, GMC, Wisconsin State Fair. So two, again, two, two great women on today's episode. And we're going to cover a number of topics. Um, we do talk about women in the workplace as well as diversity in the workplace, two diverse women um, on the show today and how far those things have come and how far they still have to go, especially with the Me Too movement, the BLM movement all happening in the last five years. We'll talk about the progress, but still what is left to come. We do talk quite a bit about the Milwaukee business scene, advice to young entrepreneurs and business people. They all have, they both have, excuse me, they both have interesting stories that we get into as well. So anyway, Thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Go-Getters. And just a reminder, for more great content, you can check out the Keeping It Local podcast powered by First Federal Bank. Let's dive in. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Keeping It Local podcast powered by First Federal Bank. I'm your host, Richie Burke. And today we've got a great episode for you. As many of you listening know, know, although women have made significant strides in the workplace, they are still underrepresented as a whole, especially diverse women. Women make up about 20% of board seats, 8% of Fortune 500 CEOs. They only get about 3% of VC funding, and women's jobs are almost twice as vulnerable, according to a recent McKinsey analysis. On the bright side, there are over double the amount of women entrepreneurs today than there were in the 2000s, and the number of businesses owned by black women has grown over 500% over the last two decades. 
And although women only make up 20% of board seats, it's a 6% increase than just a few years ago. At First Federal Bank, our board is made up of several local leaders, many of whom are women, and I have two of them here with me today. I'm joined by Devona Wright Cottrell. She is the Chief Legal Officer and General Counsel at GMR Marketing, formerly Associate General Counsel and Director at Baird, current Chair of Tempo. She's a 2021 Woman of Influence, former 40 Under 40 winner, has a law degree from Madison and an MBA from UWM. And that was a, that was a cut down intro. Devona, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. <laughs> And I've also got my friend, Joanne Anton on. She is the director of giving at Herb Cole Philanthropies. She was formerly the state director for Senator Herb Cole. She was the former president of the Milwaukee Rotary Club, which is where I got to know you. And you did a phenomenal job. I think that's a, a kind of a time-consuming, difficult, thankless job, but you were great at it. It was the best year of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was. Um She's not only 40 under 40, she's actually 40 under 40 Hall of Fame, and she's also on the boards of the Harbor District, the GMC, and the Wisconsin State Fair. Joanne, good to see you today. Welcome to the show. Great to be with you. All right. So I just want to kick things off. You're both successful, diverse women in the business world right here in Milwaukee. Can you each just touch on your backstory a little bit and how you've gotten to where you are today? Well, <clears throat> thanks, Richie, for the question. I am um, a native of Milwaukee, born and raised and educated, and now having raised my own family here, I I love Milwaukee. I love everything local. I consider myself a public servant because of my career, but also a business person because in my um, off time, I found ways to start businesses and work alongside my husband and my family. And so I just think, you know, my my background is um, all about supporting our local community, whether it's economically or um, politically, or, but also um, commercially. So that is my background. Um, and I, I, I love Milwaukee. I love our community. And I love the opportunity that I get to serve with my friend, Devona, and um, this wonderful board at First Federal. And I'd have to echo Joanne's comments. Like, I am Milwaukee born and bred, um, love the city of Milwaukee, grew up in the inner city of Milwaukee, um, always um, raised with a spirit of giving back. Um, so I think I've been a servant leader since I was a, a, a small child. Um, that was how our parents were. We always saw them pouring into others. And so it was naturally for us to be able to do the same. And I knew, you know, um, becoming a professional that I would always give back. So I've served the community from very, very early on in my career. I felt like for a community that helped to raise me, um, that it was my duty um, to give back and also to be that runway where others could see what's possible. Um, because in my maturation process, I didn't see a lot of um, I would say career oriented or professionals um, that looked like me. And oftentimes you can only, you can be what you can see. And so I wanted to serve in that capacity um, for youth and other young women coming up 
where, you know, they could see me and say, I, I can do this as well. So I'm very passionate about the city of Milwaukee. I feel like Milwaukee sometimes gets a um, bad rap, but I, I love it. I'm passionate about it. Um, anytime you have a conversation with me, you're going to hear me talk about the 53206 zip code because that's where um, I was raised. Um, and I want others coming up in, in, the, in the area to know that um, they can be whatever it is that they desire. And Devona, did I also read in an article that you were one of 12 kids growing up? Actually, one of 13. I'm number oh, sorry. 12. <laughs> I, I'm number 12. Um, how, how did that shape things for you as well? Um, I think my um, family was, I had a sense of community just within family. Um, it was, you know, we were all there for each other. I think number being number 12, I was always observant, very, very observant. Um, and so my siblings worked really, really hard. Um, but they college wasn't something that they aspired to do. Um, and so I was the first in my family to say, I want to go to college. Like, I want to do something different. I want to have a career that allows me um, the ability in the platform and space to be able to give back in a different way and also to be able to support my family. And so my siblings, you know, kind of garnered around me to make sure that that could happen. Um, I had a sibling in college who employed me um, so that I can work and make money and and be able to afford to go to college. Um, I had older brothers that always like poured wisdom, you know, into me in terms of not being afraid, um, always pushing myself outside the box. Or one brother would say, anything you can't do, have it done. So don't be afraid um, to don't feel like you have to be able to do it all. Um, reach into others and have others help you along the way. So my family is my strength and my support system. Absolutely. Um, you touched on Milwaukee sometimes getting a bad rap. I want to touch on the business community. What do you guys feel like the strengths of the Milwaukee business community are in, in 2021 right now? And where would you like to see it get to maybe five, 10 years down the road? Um, I would say the one of the strengths that I see in 2021 from our business community is that it's very inclusive and collaborative. And so the business community is not afraid um, or hasn't been afraid, at least in the last um, several years that I've seen, to reach back out to our nonprofit community, to entrepreneurs, um, to just different sectors, to glean the how-to knowledge, like how do we make Milwaukee and shape Milwaukee into who we desire for it to be. And having even like educational institutions, having all of those players at the table and working collectively to make a better Milwaukee is one of the greatest strengths um, that I see. Um, and I want to see more of it uh, in the future. And I want to see the subject of our podcast is women, right? I want to see more women and more diverse women, you know, at those tables. I think, you know, it's still probably more majority male than I would like for it to be. But I also see our our male counterparts being open and receptive to um, inclusiveness and admitting that they need other voices at the table and reaching into the community to grab those voices. And I would add that I think um, our greatest strength in Milwaukee really is that we are relationship 
based and they are so strong and so close and connected, unlike in really big cities, um, especially on the coasts. And I think that's reflective of even, um, you know, the sponsor today in First Federal Bank, their relationship based. And that that feeds off of our our strength as a community, as an organization and, and an institution. Um, the collaboration that Devona mentioned is really unique. You you go 90 miles south to Chicago and it is it is not that strong of a relationship um, uh, based uh, it's city. It is certainly not collaborative. There's a lot more transactions. And here, you know, you, you get a lot um, by, by just networking and staying connected and helping um, your fellow, you know, friends, colleagues, competitors out. Uh, it always seems to, to, to make its way into something bigger and better, both for yourself, your organization, as well as your community. Where do I want to see it go? I think we need more risk-taking. I think, you know, the relationship, the relationship-based um, economy and community is really great. I also think Milwaukee's a little conservative. I know Milwaukee's a little conservative in, in more ways than one. And so I hope um, with our big spotlight, whether it's through our um, diversity and inclusion efforts, whether it's through an NBA championship, whether it's through more um, uh, VC and investment in startups, I think those that that risk taking will really help our community grow stronger and um, our economy thrive. And certainly, it it expands the opportunities for uh, our organization, First Federal, to really connect and be that conduit to growth as well. Mm-hmm. And you guys talk about you touched on inclusion being a strength of the Milwaukee business community, but you want to see more of it, and you touch on, you want to see more risk-taking as a member of the business community out of college for the last 10 years or so. I've seen things get better from an inclusion standpoint. You show up at an event and it's 90, 95% white guys usually. And that seems to be changing. I think there's a way to go, a ways to go, but it doesn't seem to be changing. And the the risk-taking, the VC funding, we see certain initiatives coming out now or over the last few years, a lot of these corporate companies are dumping more money in. You see more private funding for some of these initiatives and startups and minority startups as well, which traditionally aren't getting a lot of funding. Um, does, do these kind of things make you guys optimistic for the future? Do you think anything needs to change drastically right now? Or, hey, we just need to stay on this path and, and keep pushing step by step to, to get there ultimately? I wouldn't say drastic change or imminent change. I think, you know, better than incremental would be helpful, you know, put us on a, a faster track. Um, I think we were really well positioned in during the pandemic that that a community like ours was able to respond very quickly to what the, the hits of the pandemic were um, socially and economically. And I think we learned that our community, its strengths really are that we are so accessible and we are so comfortable and we became a place where people could work remotely or relocate to, to work remotely. Our quality of life is so strong. Um, And so, you know, we need to keep building on those strengths here in Milwaukee to make us that much more attractive to other people. We have to grow. As a community, we can't just stay insular. We can't just talk amongst ourselves. We have to grow as a community and as a state. Uh, so that requires people, not just money, not just numbers. And so we need we need people to come join us with their diversity of thought, with their diversity of look, and um, bring that income and wealth and opportunity to us as well. 
Yes, and I, I also think that we need to bring in our young people more. You talk about entrepreneurship, and that's the wave of the future. I think, you know, corporations um, will always exist and be a part of the ecosystem of the business community. But I do see a point where entrepreneurship will um, really start to level the playing field. And it when you think about jobs that exist right now, um, five, seven years, ten years down the line, I think the 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 jobs that people are going to be going for don't even exist, and they will exist because of the entrepreneurship and the creation and you know the investing in terms of, of VC funding. And I like to say, like people say, Milwaukee or other cities are six degrees of separation. Milwaukee is really three. I mean, you talk to three people, those three people know, you know, there are going to be some commonalities. And I think, you know, we need to continue to bring others along. Um, I think we have suffered from sort of the same, we, we see the same people in the same spaces all the time. And we need to pull others into those spaces and younger people into those spaces in order for us to continue to be viable. Sure. I think LinkedIn, Milwaukee was LinkedIn before LinkedIn was LinkedIn. Yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> That's a very good point. Uh, Devona, what, do you, what are you seeing at Tempo right now as the chair of a very large women's business organization here in the city? Do you want to touch on, on that a little bit and maybe the you know, talent in that organization? Absolutely. Um, it is amazing to be a part of an organization that has you know, almost 800 um, talented women throughout the organization, meaning between Tempo and our Emerging Women Leaders group. And to see all of us, you know, kind of what I talked about before, that investing in each other, that, you know, Tempo is um, pretty much known for, like, mentoring. It's mentoring relationships and mentoring younger uh, people who are younger in their career to help them navigate whatever space that is that they're in. I know years ago we were really known for, like, the corporate executive, and I think we have evolved to be more inclusive um, and representative of our community in the sense that we have more entrepreneurs. We have women who are leading nonprofits. And so Tempo, as it relates to women, is a really good representation of what you're seeing in the community. And Tempo has become, I think, a, a sounding voice. Um, and we're seeing more people coming to us to say, you know, you guys have really been able to make the these, um, these, these positive um, progress with women help us do that within our organizations. And so that's something that I'm really proud of as it relates to Tempo to be able to do that and networking um, with women, elevating women, helping other women to hear and to see their voice because realizing, you know, there's a saying that, you know, a rising tide lifts every boat and that's um, what the leaders are in Tempo. That's what we are for each other. And that's, I think, something that Milwaukee has starved for, and we're seeing it all like come to fruition. So I'm incredibly honored to be able to lead the organization. I will say, you know, back to my original story in the sense of growing up, it was something that I never imagined that 
I couldn't have told you even 20 years ago that I would be sitting in the seat making the impact that I'm able to make with, along with the other wonderful women that I serve with within Tempo. Um, but that's what Tempo is all about, right? It's creating that space um, for women to be exactly who they are with the help of other women to help them get there. So incredibly proud of Tempo and what we're doing. And um, and you guys... That's how I met Joanne. Right, yes. absolutely. And yeah, you guys are both very involved in the community, serve on several boards. You're you know leading organizations like Tempo. What what made you guys join the board at First Federal Bank? And can you guys talk about some of the initiatives going on here? I, I'll start. Um, I, I really, I think their commitment to diversity and inclusion and change um, really attracted me. And I, I'm going to speak for Devona and I'll let her speak for herself in a second. But truly, the fact that we are um, an eight-person board and 50% of us are women, diverse women, mm-hmm. um, speaks for itself. And um, getting to, you know, they, in, in trying to diversify boards, they talk about density, critical mass, the power of three. Well, we've surpassed that already on our board. And um, the, the other two women who, uh, who join us on the board bring their diversity of life experience, cultural and ethnic experience, um, and enrich the board. So I think that attracted um, us to the board and certainly their um, position for growth and expansion into markets that are also diverse is a huge opportunity, both for the institution, but also for the community to be able to um, grow and thrive and also change, adapt and evolve. And so those are really attractive opportunities. And then for me, I've been in government for my whole life. Mm-hmm. And so now that I'm not in government and I have the opportunity to sort of flex my private sector part of my brain that's another attraction for me personally. It's a re- it's a learning opportunity. It's an opportunity to help drive business to the bank and through the bank. And so I'm just, you know, I'm really honored to be able to have that opportunity to serve, but also in, in my role as a director of a foundation to be able to lend any additional intel there is on the social aspect. And what, what makes community banking so unique is really that, that local relationship um, connective tissue that uh, the community bank can do that large institutions can't. So, exactly. I mean, it's incredibly important. Um, I was honored to be asked to be a part of First Federal. Um, and the reasons where I said yes was for exactly the same reasons that Joanne, re- Joanne referenced. I mean, one, it's the, um, the, the community piece. Two, it's the diversity, equity, and inclusion piece, which is important. And then for me, it's always important to have heart and head alignment is what I like to call it. And so there are three pillars that really drive who I am. Um, And one is education. One is leadership specifically around women and girls. And the other one is financial literacy. And so anything that you see that I'm involved in, it's going to touch on one of those three pillars. And so um, First Federal really served the financial literacy piece Um, And, you know, the investing piece, because I think in terms of my community, that's something um, that we need to more of. Um, We need to see more of me in those roles. Um, And I could actually see like First Federal being an institution that was walking the talk, you know, for for instance, you know, expanding 
into the Hispanic community. It wasn't just, you know, acquiring a bank and saying, you know, we're here, now come see us. It was doing all the work that was necessary to make sure that we could also bring that community along with us. So making sure that you, you know, that we have bilingual literature. Um, and so that's welcomed. It's not, you know, you, you will see some majority institutions where, you know, English is still the, the only language that's represented, even though they say that, you know, they're welcome to all. And so I like the fact that, and I'm very proud of the fact that, you know, First Federal, we walk the talk. So First Federal, very unique board for a community bank to have half women and diversity on that board. What do you think are some of the advantages? You you both sit on a number of boards on that one opposed to boards that your typical board, which is much, much less diverse. Um, I would say it's the diversity of thought and experiences because when you bring diversity, um, whether that's ethnic diversity, gender, um, to an environment, you're going to get a more fruitful byproduct in the discussion um, in terms of strategy when you're trying to think through things, you're going to get better result and you don't get stuck in groupthink um, because I think, you know, quite frankly, women think very differently than men. Um, people who have different experiences, they bring those experiences to the table um, and it becomes a part of the solutions that you're driving for. And so I think First Federal is uniquely positioned because we have several dimensions of diversity at the table where we're we're bringing that sort of collective thought for a better solution from the bank to our community. And you see that in the work that we're doing in terms of expansion and growth and in terms of, you know, expanding um, in the Hispanic community um, and the other communities in which we serve. And of course, the opportunity that Devona just, I want to piggyback on that. There's huge opportunity if you think about the national trend lines of where our country's going, the U.S. Census numbers that just came out. You know, women are 51% of the population and we're 58% of the workforce. So it's a trend line we have to pay attention to. Um, anecdotally, we're customers. So we drive economic decisions. And so it's good business to have that diversity and that representation. Um, and then, you know, I get Google alerts. Um, I'm nerdy that way and lots, on lots of different prompts. And if you Google women on bank boards, one of the top results is an article that came out this over the summer um, in Harvard Business Review. And literally the title is, More Women on Bank Boards Means Less Fraud. And that is not to suggest men commit fraud. That is not to suggest, but there, there was incredible research and data that resulted in that headline. And I just thought, well, isn't that interesting that um, whether it's risk management or um, fidelity to, you know, the diversity of thought and um, processes and oversight, there was a lot that went into the article. And I just thought, well, you know, banks are smart to think about who and how they're leading um, into the future. So that's a great point. Thanks, Google. <laughs> Um, a couple more questions that I want to touch on. You guys said you met through Tempo and you're both very involved. For women getting into the business world, or if you guys could give one piece of advice to your younger self, what, what would that be? Um, I would say be open and take more risks. Um, as a younger um, professional, I was very linear in thought in terms of this is what I want to do. This is what I want to be. 
This is what I think is the roadmap to get there. And I took very little risk. Um, and I started to take risks later on in my career. And I would encourage my younger self and younger women coming up is careers are no longer linear. Um, you know, they're sort of jagged edges and, you know, cricket ladders and sometimes circles and being comfortable in that space and sort of allowing um, that to sort of guide you or that North Star to guide you and take risks. Like when you're younger, you don't have as much to lose. Um, so don't be afraid to just leap is what I would say. 100%. Take more risk. I said we need more risk takers to drive our economy and to grow our population and to thrive as a community. And as individuals, we have to take more risk. And certainly, I mean, I'm a social being, so networking, networking, networking. Um, I didn't call it networking, but it sort of became a thing and a label. And so um, I would tell my younger self that. Um, deviation is a good thing, not a bad thing from that that linear path. I was, mm -hmm. Devona and I lived like parallel lives. We were, yes. you know, sisters from a different mother, I think. Um, and I would just say also, be yourself. I think, you know, my younger self was always trying to be who everyone else was and fitting into what that mold was, which was a very white male corporate um, one way of thinking. And so I tried to become that early in my career as opposed to um, honoring and celebrating the diversity of my experience, my background, and what I could contribute. And thankfully, I actually credit Senator Cole for um, really helping develop that in me and bring that out in me as well as public service um, helped chart that course. So my career has been one of deviation, even though I thought I had it all figured out like five minutes when I graduated. It has um, it has been enriched by the the ability to just sort of let those, those corners turn into paths and those paths turn into um, full-on journeys. And so... Um, that's that's the advice that I would give to my younger self and anyone else for that matter. <laughs> I have one last point. The last point I would say is to develop your own board. Um, and that's the wonderful thing about Tempo as well. As And you talked about, Joanne, the networking piece of it. We all need our own individual board of directors to provide us that you know, sort of strategic direction or level set when we're going off a beaten path um, or navigating, you know, an environment. You need different people and you need diversity within that own your own space as well. Great advice. And both of you, you've had very successful careers. You're still you're still going very hard at things. What drives each of you and how has that changed from when you were just starting out to now? If it has at all. For me, I have a, a a mission statement that drives me, and it is to make a positive impact on every single person that I encounter and to build a runway where others can see what's possible. And so in building that runway, um, that's what continues to drive me. I want my 15-year-old son to know that he can be absolutely whatever he desires. I want my nine-year-old daughter to think that she can be and be whoever she desires and not be afraid of any room that she enters. And so that keeps me going. That keeps me driven. And for me, it's two things. One, it's learning. I think every single day is a learning opportunity. And I, I've always considered myself the dumbest person in the room, but the one who wants to become the smartest person in the room. And um, so being able to just wake up every single day, be curious and learn. Um, and then I would say also just to embrace opportunity and to find new things. I think that goes with curiosity and the opportunity to just learn and, and change and adapt. 
And my final question, looking back, what has been both your proudest accomplishment to date? I can say very quickly, having two two really good, healthy children in the midst of anything else um, is my proudest accomplishment. And it's hard work. And it's the most, my mom told me it was the most important job I ever had. And I firmly believe it. And I would tell it to any other parent out there that you can get fired from any other job that you have and go out and get another job. But you can't get fired for being a really bad parent or um, bad mentor, you know, head of a family. And so I'm really proud that I could, I could work and be myself and embrace a career, but also raise, raise good, strong children. Joanne said it all. It's ditto. It's it's my children, absolutely, hands down. Let me piggyback off that quick. Any any advice to women out there, new moms who are looking to still have a very successful career yet be a great mother at home? Because I I can't relate, but I can't imagine that that's easy to pull off. I would say give yourself grace. Like parenting is on the job training, um, and there will be times where. You'll be really great at work and you won't be so great at home or you will be hitting on all cylinders at home and you'll drop a couple balls at work. So give yourself grace. And that's why, back to my earlier point of your individual board of directors, you need those people in your headspace because as women, we have a negative committee that meets in our head early and often and we have to fire them often um, because that negative committee is giving us the mommy guilt as to you're not spending enough time with your kids. You're doing, you know, you're on this career track. Um, like fire that committee in your head, bring your, your sister friends along with you. Um, and, you know, really be in tune with who you are, your authentic self and what your household and what your children and family needs, because it is an individual journey from that regard. And it's not like my walk with my children is not going to look like Joanne and her children. And you have to just trust your own instincts. Ditto what Javona said. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would also add that, you know, parenting or relationships, you know, they're, they're compromised. And sometimes you're, you're the 1% and the other person's the 99%. Sometimes you're 80, 20. I think that 50, 50 is garbage. Um, and having it all, I think is garbage. You know, we shouldn't want it all anyways. It's very selfish to want it all, but being able to, you know, think about sort of planning and strategizing what you want and figuring out where it fits and what's the right tempo to, to pace yourself to get it. Um, sometimes having kids and your career and service and whatever else, your own business are all really, really hard to do at once. But if you have that great internal, um, board of directors, if you have a great support system, it works. Or you have to build it out, and that takes time. Like anything in life takes time. You have to put into it what you want to get out of it. Um, But trying to have it all is just a cliche. And so figuring out what your all is um, to your mental health and to your spiritual health and to your best self really positions you to, to be successful in the way that you define success. Love it. We're going to wrap it up there. Devona, Joanne, thanks so much for coming on today. Thanks, Richie. Thank you, Richie. And thanks, Devona. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Again, that was from First Federal Bank's Keeping Local podcast that I also host. And a big thank you to Joanne and Devona for coming on 
If you got any value out of this episode, please share it and please subscribe and write a review to the Go-Getters podcast if you have not done so already. That really helps us get the word out. Thanks again for tuning in.